Hey everybody, you've reached the Mayfair Podcast. I'm Eric. And this is Josh. It is Tuesday, May 26, 2020. I think uh, this is like our 11th or 12th podcast oh in quarantine. I don't even remember. I tried to reference a podcast to you yesterday and then I forgot because it's every week. Uh, I don't even know how many long ago it was. Like yeah. it was probably months. So I'm like trying to do the math. And it just goes, plus that Pitchman intro I just did, I, I don't know how I'm feeling about it. But, you know, we're shaking things up here, I feel like. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's so funny that, you know, nothing now is funny. But it's <laughs> so funny that I've never been one of those people who's like, wow, time flies. Yeah. Even as a kid, for whatever reason, time felt like time to me. A year ago feels like a year ago. I'm never like, oh, that was just yesterday. Yeah. So this crisis that we're in the midst of, I'm already starting to talk in a remember when tone about stuff that seems like I should be reminiscing about stuff when I was a kid, like, oh, video stores or arcades. You're the old man on the porch now, basically. Yeah, but it was March 15th. You know, it was only a little over two months ago. So that's this weird time flies thing is that we've all become acclimated to this. Mm -hmm. And I speak about going to the Mayfair now, like I'm a senior citizen talking about going to my favorite cinema when I was a kid and paying a quarter to get in and all those kind of things, you know? Oh, man. So it's this bizarre... When we go back, it's going to be great, but it's just... It's so strange. And there there are tiptoeings of us going back now. The world's still horrible, but I know in Ottawa, anyhow, some stores are reopened and we're social distancing and doing all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But, I mean, we have no word yet of when we're coming back. But yeah, the it's, it's funny that like two of the main industries you work in, concerts and movies, are the two that will have to wait the longest to oh, hear God, any yeah. word. No, I was chatting with a friend of ours. It's hilarious now. Again, another weird thing of now where he was walking by, so funny, Pokemoning, which okay. I was like, oh, people still do that. Yeah. Whatever the highest level is, he must be up there because he's been doing it for a couple of years frequently. So he texted and i missed his first text and i said are you in trouble are you trapped in a well and he's like no i was just walking by and i said oh circle back and he did so then gwen and i stood on our balcony and chatted with him from the front lawn for 15 20 minutes yeah after he left it's just this real sense of wow social interaction like it's because it's we we like i'm sure all of our listeners and most normal sane people we know are following the rules yeah so we're not getting together in big groups of 50 we're not doing like so barely leave the house like oh yeah when you see somebody you know it feels like you know i hadn't seen him since march it feels like i hadn't (laughs) seen him for years yeah but yeah he works in more than i do he works in that industry of concerts and stuff and yeah that's that's done for till next year for sure yeah and it's not because i think they will do some variation of it in some way i feel like whether that's some sort of bizarre hologram thing or some sort of they've been talking about drive-throughs and like or drive-through well drive-ins i guess yes it is kind of a drive-through but uh, they've been talking about concerts at drive-ins now it's another possibility didn't someone do that did I, I think so. Bon Jovi I, do that or somebody? Oh, I hope so. <laughs> we'll I throw ma- that out there. I mean, that yeah. sounds like a Bon Jovi type thing. I might be making that up, but I thought I heard somebody on a talk show or on a podcast yeah. I was listening to say that Bon Jovi in like New Jersey or something oh my God. did that. And so it was like, that's not a huge crowd though. Because if, yeah. if they're used to performing in front of 20,000 people at a baseball stadium or yeah. a hockey stadium, that means that... I don't know what or fits more. in a drive-in. Because two hundred cars, he could probably play like to two hundred thousand in Brazil or something like that. Oh, you know, for like sure. he's so huge, and I almost think it, it would just be a gesture thing to, yeah. to do something yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. Just kind of like, okay, I'm rich as hell, and I don't really need the money to be honest. Yeah, this is a thank you to the 
hospital workers yeah. or somebody. Yeah. And it's a good story too. Like, I mean, if I were him, I would want to play it. If I, I'm me and I want to play a drive-in, you know, like, so it's just like. A couple of people have asked us about that. And I think I mentioned it before, but it's just not that easy. No. Because we can't just with the snap of the fingers be like, oh, we have the land. We yeah. have a drive-in theater size screen to screen on. We have the projectors shipped it's out there. It, so it's so much. Drive-ins work because they had... The ones I remember, anyhow, would often have the candy bar and then the projection booth on top of that candy bar. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then like a giant screen, bigger right. than the one here at the Mayfair. Mm-hmm. And that's how that worked. In the past couple of years, man, in the past decade or so in Ottawa, there's been a number of really cool little groups that have done little outdoor screenings. Mm-hmm. And I know most of them have done it above board because they'll say on their website, we're taking donations mm-hmm. and that money will go towards paying for the distribution fee or whatever. And they'll do it in a park. Yeah. And it'll be, you know, it's people sitting in lawn chairs and on the ground. And God, I'm bad with numbers like this, but it's a few hundred people going to watch Ghostbusters. Yeah. And it, like one of those is basically in my backyard. Like oh, I'm, yeah. I'm right near uh, the beer store in Somerset. And so there's that, that oh, park right, there. Yeah. And it's like, they haven't, obviously they haven't done any this year, uh, but I'm pretty sure every year up to that, they had been doing them. And it, it's cool stuff. Like I think Jurassic Park was playing and stuff like that, you know? So it's And they're smart about it. They'll get a sponsor, like, and so there'll be a ad for a bank or an ad for a restaurant chain. So they're getting a couple bucks out of that. They get some kind of you know, city of Ottawa grant. And then people give them toonies when they come see the show. And that pays for the couple hundred bucks for the distribution fee. And then they give a couple bucks to charity or Mm -hmm. whatever. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if, because I remember when I went to see it, a bank was supporting them. That money probably covered the fee. Right. So that stuff, I wouldn't be surprised if something like that might come out, but you'd have to still be like, okay, everybody sit six feet apart, (laughs) which means we now could only have a hundred people yeah. instead of 200 people. I mean, if couples come, there's all these weird rules sure. to think about, right? Like, oh, if you're a family of four, you four can sit together. Yeah, you're one person. So, right. Because it's households now. Like, and even at the grocery stores, you're, you're not supposed to have more than one per households. Yeah. Technically, it's, it's weird. I, I didn't know. And then uh, and then my wife and I got in line and like, she's like, act like you don't know me. I'm like, uh-huh. you, you've been doing that to me for years. So, but like, <laughs> it's just weird. I don't understand how that works. But I, what I was wondering is like, is the distribution fee any less if you're doing a public event for charity like that? Or is I it the sometimes. same fee no matter what? Like, Or you'll see stuff that we can't get. I know in the past, mm. for example... I don't know if it was Fantasia or some other group, but in Montreal, they did a screening of Nightmare Before Christmas. Hmm. But I think it's because it was a film festival and the director, Henry Selleck, was there. Oh, that's cool. So he probably was like, hey, let them do this. Oh, the director, you mean Tim Burton, right? (laughs) Right, yes. So there's stuff like that where every once in a while someone would be like, oh, but I saw it here. And we're like, yeah, but there was circumstances. (laughs) And they also did that in 3D briefly because I remember they had it in LA in 3D. And I think it was the same thing. It was like a specific theater, specific event for, I think it was almost like one of those like Halloween Horror Nights sort of thing. Exactly, yeah. Someone tried to pick a fight on social media, shockingly, a few years back. (laughs) That doesn't sound right. And it was something like that. It was some classic like Cinderella or Snow White. And it came off a thread of us saying like, oh, no, sorry, we can't play Fantasia because it's Disney in the vault and they don't let old stuff out. Mm -hmm. And they replied, oh, well, this happened. My friend saw this. And I was like, where did that happen? And they were like, Los Angeles. And I looked it up and it was one of those orchestra screenings. Okay, yeah. So it's like, well, yeah, that's an event where Disney gave a special one in a million rare viewing thing of it. But we can't just be like, hey, we want to show this now. God, I remember that, that wasn't there like a high school or a grade school that was trying to show Star Wars a couple of years back? Yeah. It's just like, <laughs> and no, we were all like, uh, I don't think you're allowed to do this. And I'm, I'm pretty sure it didn't happen. I, I can't remember. Yeah, we won't like go into details because I don't remember the details to be no, honest. No, no, not me either. But it's like, yeah, 
I forget what it was. We saw like I think old school saw a flyer or something. Yeah. And it was a school or community center doing a fundraiser, yeah. being like, We're showing a movie. And I know they were just showing a DVD or Blu-ray for sure. in a off-the-shelf home projector yeah, totally innocent, in a gym. Obviously, like, no disrespect towards Disney or anything, but yeah. you're just like, boys, you can't, you, can't, you can't be doing that. And there's kind of a twofold problem there. One is it's bad for us because mm-hmm. it's something that we would do and do above board and charge tickets for and help our business. And get asked all the, all the time. time. So it's kind of not fair that they just do it and make money for their bake sale or whatever. <laughs> It also, as evil big business as all these giant studios are, they have a right to do so. It's their product. Mm-hmm. If they let one person get away with it, then there's a precedent. Yeah. And then everybody else can be like, oh, this school did it. Why can't we do it? Why can't we make shirts for a school? So that's why. And I've heard a number of stories of very nice lawyers phoning or sending letters <laughs> or whatever, essentially saying, look, we're not going to sue you. We're not going to bring you to court. We're not going to make you have lawyer fees. But just stop. You can't do yeah, this. Yeah, that's pretty much... It's just a cease and desist most yeah. of the time. And and then if people are just like, ah, oh, screw you, you know, that's where it escalates. But it's very rare. Like, I mean, they're very... Same with McDonald's, you know. They're very sue-happy when it comes down to it. Yeah. But they are, you know, they're as cool as can be in situations like that. I try to just put it in terms of... I have friends in local bands. Mm-hmm. And say if one of them had a song put in a movie without their permission... They would be like, uh, hey, that's cool, but you got to pay us. Yeah. And if the people making the movie went, oh, no, it's just a song. We're just using it. That's cool. Or if somebody did a, it's the Mayfair presents this movie and we didn't know about it, we'd be like, uh, what? Man, I should be doing that. <laughs> yeah. All my video mixes, Mayfair Theater <laughs> Mayfair presents, presents. And Lee's like, what, what, what is this? <laughs> so, yeah. So it's that I think people are starting to get more savvy about it every once in a while when this happens. But. Mm. Yeah, you can't just screen anything no. whenever. I think that was even the drive-in thing. People were like, hey, that'd be fun. You guys can just do this for a fundraiser for yourself. And you're like, well, yeah, but we would still have to yeah, yeah. pay I people. think people think, oh, you own the Blu-rays. So, exactly. And you're like, well, yeah. yes. And if you did this in your backyard for your friends, that's fine. But that's not what this is. And that's really the line in the sand. If you are at home in your backyard with a little fancy projector mm-hmm. and a dozen of your friends... And it's not advertised, yeah. and it's not selling tickets to it, etc. Yeah, that's that's fine. Yeah, as long as Josh is invited, he won't rat you <laughs> yeah. out. Is basically what I'm getting from this. I've often thought that about yard sales and garage sales. Yeah, you buy a book and then you resell it. Mm-hmm. It's your property to resell. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure somewhere down there that is a rule or law that nobody would ever follow through on yeah that you're not allowed to do that i think i'm not positive and it's probably like a gray area for a lot of them because i've definitely seen stuff like that like written in a book or a cd or something like that where it's like yeah some sort of like not for resale or yes rights blah 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 whatever and yeah it is one of these archaic things that no one cares about for the most part but it's like i'm sure if stephen king was at a flea market in maine and he saw some of his books for sale for a buck I think he'd just be like, oh, that's cool. That's nice. I almost think he'd autograph a few Oh, for sure, yeah. (laughs) If he walked by a store and there was a bunch of self-published reprints of his books, then... (laughs) With new covers. Exactly. Drawn by us. (laughs) Yeah, so that's kind of the line. I think most authors or whatever are complimented when they see their stuff at a used bookstore or Mm. something like that. But yeah, but for cinematic presentations, you can't just 
do it. Yeah. You I can't. feel bad for those authors who walk in and find like 10 copies of their yeah. one book. And you're like, yeah. I always think that with used record places too, where you just see like, I don't know, like REM Monster or something. There's like 50 copies. Like shit. That's the first one I think of. Or Hootie and the Blowfish or something. Well, like especially <laughs> in the age of that I think is calming down pretty fast, but of the big chain bookstore. Fairly quickly, you'd walk in and there'd be the new Stephen King, the new J.K. Rowling, the new fill-in-the-blank kind of yeah. main pop culture book. <laughs> and it would have a 50% off stamp on it. That's kind of weird. It's yeah. kind of insulting. Yeah, it's so it's so weird. You know what? And that's a whole other thing to think of that is, I guess, now yesteryear. Just like those Harry Potter midnight launches and the lineups and all this stuff, like this big event. I don't know. I mean, we're not a bookstore podcast, so I'm not going to bemoan this too much. But it's just, it's funny, like in all what we're talking about now with like video stores and, you know, some theaters to an extent, I guess. Not us ever, of course. But, you know, in bookstores, there's just like all this stuff. And even record stores, man. Like, I mean, I think like, this goes this, back. These awesome memories that we have. Yeah. <laughs> I think this goes back to the little stores, I bet you, say a new Harry Potter type book comes out. Mm -hmm. The little stores, I think, are more apt to do some event. Yeah. Or there's a little like record store day or a free comic book day. So it's more of the little stores, I think, are doing the big, cool events like that right. that have very loyal fans yeah. who aren't going to the big chain stores anymore. Right. So I think that's very interesting. Like more Black Squirrel a little bit, like they, exactly. with their shows and stuff. Like they've done some really, like when they had Kid Koala come in for that free show, you're just, yeah. it's so awesome. Like I love when you're able to make something like that work because most, I think a lot of businesses would almost be too scared to even do, attempt something like that. Well, a couple of weeks ago, my favorite holiday of the year, Free Comic Book Day, passed us by. I hope Halloween is second in there. Probably. Or top Christmas three. Christmas. <laughs> is it top three at least? <laughs> yeah. You're killing me. But I love Free Comic Book Day. It's just this great event that is a genius thing that some comic book store people came up with. And mm -hmm. it's a thank you to the fans. It's a big publicity thing. And it's a way to draw in new people. And it works. Every year they, oh, yeah. they give it a bunch of free stuff. So that came and went this year. And super fun. A lot of people did at home events kind of where they did auctions to get cool stuff or they had artists drawing things that they would then send to people just something as a thank you to small business yeah so that's been very interesting in this time where i mean we talked about it just before we started rolling where this is a horrible year but for me anyhow the first couple of months were great yeah yeah <laughs> where, See, like we both had real nice trips this year yeah like i visited <laughs> my brother in vancouver gwen and i we went to seattle saw mystery science theater on stage a couple of times this podcast that I really love called Hello from the Magic Tavern, which is kind of like an improv D&D &D kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Saw them in Seattle as well, just by happenstance. Some neat accomplishments. Like I've got a number of comic book projects on the go. I got my first credit as a animation writer this year for a DC Comics cartoon. So the first three months or so were great. Yeah. <laughs> and then everything fell apart. But if you would have told us as little ago as March 1st that we would bizarrely have become a streaming service. So that's hilarious, it's actually. It's so weird. It's so weird. Especially because, like, even, like, two years ago, we were... I'm not going to say anti-Netflix, but, you know, yeah. we were not talking about Netflix and not urging anyone to watch it. And now we're, like... Not in this moment, but, like, we right. basically become partners with Netflix. Yeah, so it's, like, whatever. Last fall, we became friends with Netflix and <laughs> yeah. screened a whole bunch of really popular films. In the past... Even a couple of years, we've done a little bit more of screening stuff that's either available digitally mm -hmm. or soon to be available digitally. And then right now, I haven't had time to social media it today, but right now, this morning, I put three new films up on our list. Oh. 
a couple of films might be going away because it's just like any kind of distribution rules. Yeah. Whenever somebody cries about, why is that taken off of Netflix? It's like, well, because they bought it for six months or they yeah. had it for a week or whatever. So Ghost of Peter Sellers, I think we only have for this week. So I think that's going away on Thursday, March. Sorry, or yeah. Thursday, May 28th. I keep confusing March and May too, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. So if you haven't had a chance to see that, you have a few more days to catch The Ghost of Peter Sellers. But then today we put up three new films. And what's interesting is we had a bunch of documentaries at first, and now mm. we're getting more opportunity to screen new narrative features, mm. which is I'm finding more and more bittersweet because although this is a nicety and it's great to have this interaction with our community, and it's great for Ian and Lee and I because it's giving us stuff to do that is Mayfair related. It's just nice. We're, yeah. we're sending emails back and forth. We're doing media interviews. We're putting stuff up on the website. Oh, yeah. You were on CTV. Like, I we, was on we didn't CTV. even talk about that. Yeah, that was fun because <laughs> that was so interesting because before if you were doing an interview, you'd have to get to the studio at 7.30 in the morning. Yeah. You'd do a quick little hello. So nowadays, it's from my living room and laptop through Skype. And they contacted me and said sometime next week. And then they said, can you do it tomorrow? And I said, sure. So I did it Monday morning. They said it was going to be at 8.20. So I assumed like, okay, we'll check in at 7.50 or 8 o'clock. Make yeah. sure you're all technically good to go. Make sure the lighting's okay, whatever. <laughs> So I'm sitting there at my computer and I email them and I'm like, standing by, smiley face. Oh, God. <laughs> at 8.18, Skype rings and there's a techie fella on the other end and he goes, hey, how's it going? We have a little bit of small talk. And he goes, oh, your camera's not on. And so I click the one little button to make my camera go on. But you would think that there's probably a good portion of the population who are doing these interviews who need more help than that. <laughs> yeah, yes. Someone who's not so savvy as yourself. <laughs> and I was ready to go. I had earbuds in my ears. Yeah. I'd done one interview the week before as well. And we had it all set up nice. We had a couple little Tupperwares underneath my laptop to give oh, it some nice. height. Yeah, yeah. That's clutch. It looked nice. I made sure my head was nice in the frame. All that kind of stuff. Because you imagine some people at 818 might show up and be like, Oh, I don't know how to turn on my camera. I don't have earphones Dude, in. 818 would have been a disaster for me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my laptop's... Pointed at my chest, you know, all these things. <laughs> so 8.18, and I go, okay. And then at 8.20, I'm on air live on CTV. So you had every everything had to be locked in by 8.19, basically. It was crazy. And it worked. Yeah. But I was just thinking the whole four and a half minutes of my interview of like, what if just the internet goes down? And I was sitting facing a window, but it was a gloomy day. So I had outside coming in on me, and I had the living room light on overhead and it looked okay to me but the guy said oh it's a bit dark can you do anything for that so really quickly i ran and turned on the hallway light and turned on a lamp that was beside me but if i would have had five more yeah, minutes you only had 20 seconds to do all that. really and if i would have had five more minutes i could have ran and got i have like a pixar style luxo junior lamp and i could have stuck that on my desk and pointed that at my face so instead i looked really kind of blown out i thought kind of yeah which is weird though because like the background, the background okay. was was darker but your face wasn't darker yeah it didn't look bad no but... no no and now like i think just people you do what you can you know yeah. but it was a nice little interview they just asked me about the seat sale and about the streaming stuff and and it goes fast and you teased me you said did you plug the podcast and it was in my brain to do so <laughs> but it just goes so fast oh like yeah four minutes and they're just like Question, question, question. Thank you. Bye. Yeah. And you don't, and there's like, it didn't seem like there was much of a delay at least. Like, no, because that would have been. And the guy was good. He dropped MayfairTheater.ca a couple times. Yeah, multiple times. He actually said he was a fan of the cinema. Yeah. So that was nice. But then it was fun. They're very, I imagine it's a very different world. Or I know it's a different world than it was when, say, when my grandparents probably had the tradition of 
watching the morning news before my grandpa went off to work mm-hmm. and watching the six o'clock news after dinner. Like sure. I know they had their tradition for decades. Yeah. That doesn't really exist anymore. I don't think. Yeah. They had it up on Twitter and Facebook really fast. Like I think within 10 or 15 minutes. And the thing I laughed about, I didn't really notice it at first, but 24 frames a second or whatever it is for TV, it's a shot of the guy and a shot of me in, in like a two shot. And I just kind of look really serious. I look like I might be either being held hostage or be the hostage taker. See, I was kind of thinking that. I didn't want to say that. That seemed yeah. mean, but you and, know. and I pointed out that I, but I was like, they have four and a half minutes where I know I smiled a couple times in yeah. there, but they're like, nah, do that one. And I just kind of went with it. I'm like, I think being interviewed on TV or for a documentary in this time, we should all look shaggy. So we should yeah, look that's back. that's true. So I didn't shave. I had my. I kind of did what I could with my hair, but my hair's out of control. I needed a haircut like two months ago, probably. Fair. I'm, I'm not gonna say that, but you said that. Yeah, I, I could have put on a baseball cap or something. But I'm, no, I'm going with it. But At least I, Gwen didn't walk by and make you look even worse, though, because they'd be like, "Oh, she looks cool. She, looks she knows fine. what's going on. The lighting <laughs> yeah. somehow is perfect for her." I was hoping that we watched a a great thing on Saturday night, and this it's very nerd endearing about these times that these cool fundraisers are happening. So this great podcast called Thrilling Adventure Hour, which is a oh, great name radio play that they do live in Los Angeles. Oh, and they're semi-retired now. They used to do it once a month, and now they all got busy. So, but they still do it every once in a while. So they did a thing where you pay five bucks, you get a link to the thing, and they did a live, like live. God, what was it? A dozen different actors in a dozen different homes. Huh. All very cool. All in suits and dresses. All dressed up as an old radio performer would okay. be. And it's comedy, but it's like a, a sci-fi thing and a like a spooky thing and a World War II Captain America kind of thing. Do you need the visual or like could you just listen? No, usually it's just a radio play, okay. like a podcast. All right. But if you live in LA, you could go and see it live. Okay, cool. But there's some really cool character actors in it that you might know, like Paget Brewster, who I love, Paul F. Tompkins, who's a big podcast guy, oh, nice. Keegan Michael Key, okay, Nathan Fillion. So see, that I know that's, these names. Yeah, and <laughs> but it was a hundred percent live. It went off almost without a hitch at all. And they raised like $60,000 for the California food bank. So it's stuff like that, that we're in this bizarre world now where that three months ago would have been a pay five bucks and we have a live stream of the show on a stage Mm -hmm. in Los Angeles. And now it's all these people sitting in their houses. And one of the guys, within 30 seconds of him starting his bit, his cat walked by in the background. And I love that just humanity we're getting now of like, yep. yeah, you were mad that your cat didn't walk by. Yeah, I was interview. like, I thought it'd be funny if the cat just walked by. <laughs> cat cameo. Oh, man. Like, I didn't plan this. I didn't get over here. Come on. This will be funny. Well, yeah, I did an interview as well for a documentary out of Toronto. I don't what? know if it's a television documentary or a feature. It might be like one of those CBC kind of things. How did you, know? you not tell me this? That happened. You're letting me down. But same thing. It was like me. This was longer. Like it was like a half hour interview that they'll whittle down into two minutes or whatever. But yeah, it was just me sitting in my living room. And that's going to be this era for talk show and documentary and news. It's going to be me in my living room. Like that's. Was it better lighting in that one at least? Same thing. Okay. It's the same exact lighting. (laughs) He actually said, how's your internet? I'm like, not good. (laughs) Because like (laughs) nowadays, if you're a newscaster at home, I'm sure if you didn't have it before, your workplace is buying you the most expensive internet you can get to yeah. be like 
nothing gonna go like, wrong my lighting's not great i look a little bit like the guy from that movie powder um yeah but uh we're still the content was good that's what one I guy heard. got called out on cnn or whatever where his camera was just a bit off so you saw that he was in boxer shorts and a oh suit no top. Oh, love it. Oh, no. <laughs> it's hilarious. I'm not. I'm wearing track pants right now, so I can't really talk, but they are pants at least. Well, and it's weird. Everybody has seemed to really enjoy the streaming at home. Mm. So weird that we're embracing this, but it's great. Giving us a couple bucks. Sure. And it's keeping us in touch yeah. with our patrons. The, the Shogun Assassin thing was really cool. Yeah, that was Sunday night. That was a one night only thing that happened so fast that we didn't talk about it last week, and now it's done. <laughs> yeah, we can't talk about yeah. it this week. So maybe they'll do something with us again, but that's an example of. It's so funny. People thinking that we're doing this. Yeah. We're not doing this. Right. We're just riding coattails and people are giving us money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's basically all. The time. Like they could be doing this without us. For sure. And that was our first one night only live audio commentary interaction kind of thing. Mm-hmm. The real hope with that is maybe a few months down the line, they rent out the place. Right. And that's what you got to kind of think about all this stuff. You might not be making a fortune, but it's goodwill. It's making contacts. Yeah, getting the name out there. And maybe in September or October or something, they say, oh, we want to do another Wu-Tang 36 Chambers presented film at the Mayfair. Yeah, and they love Ottawa. Like, I mean, Wu-Tang's been doing a lot for Ottawa. And, like, they've toured here many times. Like, I remember seeing Riz's tour bus 10 years ago when I was outside of work and it went by with, like, his face all over it. We're Uh like, where is it? So it's it's kind of funny to watch it. I do see them coming here someday. Oh, I'm sure. Well, I did two different Blues Fest concerts with them over the past handful of years. Wow. And then the various members, I think, were here on their own as well. That's mm-hmm. the thing. Like, you know, it's like a 20-person 20, oh yeah. 20 <laughs> group. And there's affiliates so. as well beyond that. So Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they're back sooner or later. And like, I just bought a expensive Goodwill t-shirt because of the Wu-Tang Ottawa crossover. Nice, yeah. It's expensive, but then you just think like, well, it's a $25 shirt and I'm giving 25 bucks to charity. So That's the thing. And like the full amount's going to charity, I think. Yeah. Uh, which is nice. And that's why I was like, I kind of, I've always wanted a Wu-Tang shirt, but then I kind of left it too long. And now it's so funny. That shirt is so on the cusp of cool and lame, but, <laughs> yeah. it, but it is cool. Like it's, because you're like, oh, look at all these old white dudes wearing this Wu-Tang shirt. But then you're like, it's all for charity. So that it can't yeah. be lame. It, <laughs> if like, our mayor can get away with wearing it then i can wear it and yeah. just be cool like the wu-tang clan yeah that's the, am i in the wu-tang clan because i have this shirt that's where josh is at right now well that's the decades old thing about wu-tang clan which is hilarious is look at a photo of them and they look pretty they can look pretty mean oh, and intimidating sure. but then you listen to their lyrics and you're like wait a minute they just referenced jack kirby and transformers yeah. and an old kung fu movie in a sentence oh they're huge geeks man yeah and like so, they love comics as well and like inspector deck had a side group called zareface and it's all comic book related i'll say this now because i'll forget but marvel has done a couple of really neat speaking of radio plays essentially radio play style miniseries oh and they've got two with wolverine in it and the new one is what? just called marvel's and it's based on an old comic book called Marvels, where it was from a photographer's point of view. The, yeah, the Alex Ross one. Yeah. yeah so this so is good. a radio adaptation of a comic book. So weird. What? So taking a purely <laughs> visual medium and adapting it yeah. to the non-visual medium. Because Marvels was Marvels a story, or wasn't it just? Fo- I thought it was just pictures. Or like no, no, it was a story. It was yeah. a story as yeah. well. Okay, I couldn't remember. So this new miniseries, which you can listen to now, look for it on your favorite search engine, you'll find it. Yeah. It has Method Man playing. <sighs> A character. Oh, man. So 
that's how much of a nerd he is where I'm sure if his agent or someone came to him and said, hey, do you want to do a voice in this Marbles radio yeah. play? He was like, yeah, sure. Well, he, he was on Luke Cage as well. Like, yeah, and yeah. he did a song which was real good, Bulletproof Love. I love, Math Man is my favorite member, so. Yeah, so they're all super nerds, so. Yeah, no, it's it's amazing to see and like, and it was really, it, it was a cool experience and yeah, it was, it was nice to see that. So let's mention yeah, that. The, mention the movies. I kind of cut you off like 10 minutes ago. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> the three movies we listed today, one is a new interpretation of Joan of Arc, which is hmm. funny because we were talking about sequels and reboots. Yeah. Like, well, here's another Joan of Arc. <laughs> yeah. that's what it, it, Have we had the poster of this up at the theater? Because I swear... We I've, did, okay, yes. Okay, I have seen the poster. All right. Yeah, it's like with a little kid Joan. Yeah, I'm not imagining. Because <laughs> the last one I remember was Mila Jovovich. Yeah, the, the Messenger, I yeah. think. And, so, and that was Luc Besson? Like, yeah. Man, that, I'm killing it today yeah, with a random yeah. nudge. So, yeah, a new Joan of Arc film. Then Blood Quantum, which is super interesting. Oh, weird. It's a Canadian... Zombie film. Yeah, yeah, I heard. I read about this. Specifically, an indigenous zombie film. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be really good, like, a, a, and and a, a rare, uh, like, indigenous, like, horror film. Period. But zombie film, uh, more particularly, like, that's that's uh, been getting a lot of buzz. Yeah, and I forget this filmmaker had a movie with us a couple years ago. Yeah, and my mind just blanked on it. Oh God, I didn't even know that you were going to talk about Blood Quantum, so I wouldn't have thought to pre-look yeah. this up. And yeah, I don't want to check my phone. You That's guys can right. find it. Yeah, I never like looking for things <laughs> yeah, on the yeah, podcast. It seems like cheating. You guys can go look for it. But Blood Quantum, really cool looking Canadian zombie film. So mm-hmm. that's coming up. And again, I love this. This is very Mayfair style week, even though it's in this weird alternate universe that we're now a streaming service, is we have a horror film, a historical drama in Joan of Arc. And this is the most bittersweet thing. We have the fourth and likely final film of the trip called The Trip to Greece. And the reason why this kind of makes me sad is that not just from a money point of view, but (laughs) this movie has been, this franchise has been so successful with us over the past decade. Mm -hmm. And the first trip was one of the first big films at the Mayfair that we held over for eight weeks, I believe. Yeah, yeah. And then the sequels all did really well. Yeah, I remember the second one did really well. And it's this rarity of a franchise for an art house film, something that doesn't have a gigantic budget. It's two old British guys going to fancy restaurants. They don't even really talk about the food that much. That's no, not really. Thing. Yeah. Like, so I wish, I so much wish this was on our screen. Yeah. But just the way things are going, you would think, oh, maybe we can just hold out and do it. But I think right now, these distributors are just like, we want to get this out there. So there's nothing saying that in a month from now, it might be on our screen. Yeah, I can see it. Who knows? But this is something that is such a Mayfair fan favorite. It mm-hmm. is nice that we have it available for people to watch at home. Yeah. I love these guys. It's the simplicity of it. We were chatting about it earlier, but mm-hmm. I really could just watch it if it was almost like my dinner with Andre. Yeah. If it was just these two making Michael Caine impressions <laughs> for 90 minutes or two hours. I, I love it. I can't get enough of the Caine. And like, you know, my wife's not a big fan. Of, like, right. I've, I've watched all these movies and like, she's not a big fan. And, and I'm not like, I wouldn't say I'm like a massive fan of the movies, but I keep watching them. Oh, like yeah. there's just something about it that's kind of hypnotic. And some of it is the nature and stuff. Like, I mean, the shots are beautiful. And it's funny, you know, we were talking about drone shots and stuff, but just like, this is such a good series for that. And just beautiful angles. And you're seeing these gorgeous spots. I can understand Emily, because like, you know, oh, it's two rich old white dudes whining yeah. for two hours. Yeah, why isn't that entertaining? Yeah, playing fictionalized versions of themselves, but it seems like real versions of themselves. Yeah, so. and they kind of... Spoily, but in the last one, one of them had an affair, so they're yeah. not perfect. Yeah, she wasn't people. loving that. <laughs> yeah, but I just I like them, mm-hmm. especially Steve Coogan. I'm a fan of Rob Brydon. I don't know as well, no, because I believe he's more of you talk about. It's not really a small world. It's yeah. a humongous world, and he is a 
stand-up comedian, improv, and I think kind of a game show guy. Yeah, over a lot, the UK. lot of impressions yeah. as well. So I think over in the UK, he's enormous, but here in Canada and the States, I don't think he's no. a household name for I've sure. I've never heard of him before these movies. Whereas Steve Coogan in the past decade went from being a superstar in the UK who yeah. I would say arguably wasn't really known in North America. Not really. But in the past 10 years, he became... An Oscar nominee, yeah, and was in big mainstream movies like oh, Tropic yeah. Thunder. That's what I always think. Yeah, of it. but then, and then writing Philomena, like it's so funny the amount of stuff. And, and what's funny is a lot of people only know him as Alan Partridge, and yeah. I've never seen any of that character. Oh no, we screened the film, yeah, which I believe here was just called Alan Partridge, almost just kind of keeping it simple so mm-hmm. people didn't think they had to go watch twenty years of TV episodes and, yeah. and radio shows to catch up. There's a scene in the opening of that movie, so simple not ruining anything, not a spoilie, where all it is is a panning shot over the headshots of the stars of a radio station. So it goes, you see there's a sports guy, there's the weather person, there's whatever, and it stops on Steve Coogan's photo. And the photo made the cinema burst into laughter. That's how funny he is. Like That's all it was. It's very much that British humor that I understand where whether it's like The Office even kind of spaced that kind of thing yeah. where it's a little uncomfortable. Yeah. Emily cannot stand that kind yeah. of thing. I like it. Some people it's <laughs> like watching a horror film. Like yeah. you can't watch it. She'll leave the room. Like, straight, oh, yeah. like even the American office, like she, she can't watch it. Like, well mainly, you know, like Steve Corral, but right. And nothing against him, but it's just, yeah, I get it. Well, it's like extras, which hasn't been Americanized yet. But that show, I think, is brilliant. But there's moments in that where it's so uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And I think the trip is in that subgenre for sure, Mm -hmm. where there's moments where family drama moments or just friends arguing moments where it's uncomfortable. But I find it's the most art house of art house movies. It's a beautiful location. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of dialogue. Yeah. And it's not, there's no explosions. Yeah, and I had no idea that it was a TV series first. Which like, is so like, so weird. There's four seasons, and then they take the three hours of each season and turn it into a two-hour film. So yeah. you're missing like an hour of footage. I didn't know that till yesterday. I, I just, and I don't feel bad about it, but I just was like, what? How? how like, what an uh, an interesting concept. It's you know? a bizarre model. It's almost like this is the best of. Yeah. And I've never watched the show. I've only watched the films. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people probably don't know that they're shows i had no idea well and i just thought there was four seasons and four movies and i I thought that was a lot of content for one concept and it makes a lot more sense that it's not it's it's the only other thing i can think of that is i know there's been some disney theatrical documentaries kind of nature stuff Mm -hmm. i can't remember which one specifically but they would take i think one might just be called like earth or something like that and they would take a mini series and whittle it down into Mm -hmm. 90 minutes or they would take like a chimpanzee six episode National yeah. Geographic thing and whittle it down into 90 minutes. So I know they've done that kind of thing before. And it's even more impressive about those films knowing that, you know, like just to think that I could watch those movies and never yeah. even think about it. Like the editing well, is so good, you know. Isn't that Shogun Assassin? Wasn't it? Yeah, it was so that, that's two different example. films. Two films, they smushed <laughs> it into one film. Yeah, and that was my question that I sent in and they asked. As I was just like, did it make you appreciate the movie more or less once you saw the two separate films? Right. And that, but then the guy read it and he was like, he misunderstood. He was like, did it make you appreciate the movie more or less when you realized it was two separate films? I'm like, that's not what I asked. <laughs> You're like, you should have wrote it back. Yeah, How dare you? And, and then Riz is answering and I'm thinking, I'm like, oh God, he's going to think I'm not a real Woo fan. <laughs> it's like, Come on, buddy. I got my Ottawa shirt. Come on. Fake news. Yeah, yeah. Not I can't lose like this. The other thing that just happened, it's a fun nostalgic memory, is that yesterday or the day before was the 
37th anniversary of Return of the Jedi. Yeah, such an odd number. Weird number that it trended. But I think it's also might have been the something, what is it? I think Star Wars might have come out the same day as well. Yeah, with some other weird date. Yeah, so it's like 43 years. But (laughs) Jedi, I found online a picture of the Somerset Theater, which doesn't exist anymore, with a lineup and with Return of the Jedi on the marquee. And so my story for that is that I was, you know, a kid. I was like seven years old. And we lived two or three houses from the school. I just couldn't pay attention all day. I was just out of it. I remember, I remember like moving in my seat. So the bell rang and I ran home after school and my mom had a home daycare at the time. And my mom was on the balcony, I remember, smoking a cigarette, back as all grown-ups did back then. And she had one of those long holders, yes, like in long, the 30s. Yeah, in a monocle. <laughs> and she looked down at me and I looked up at her and I was just like, Return of the Jedi! <laughs> and she was like, no, it's lunchtime. No. And, I, and I had totally thought it was 3.30 or whatever. And I just, I don't even know if I went in. I think I just turned around and the Charlie Brown music started playing. And I like walked back to school. Oh, but I remember that era of way before the internet, way before as much pop culture TV shows behind the scenes and yeah. making ofs. And really all we had was trading cards and comic book adaptations. So yeah, I remember that. And it made me sad because that theater's not here anymore. Yeah. Now it's gone. Now it's like condos in a grocery store. Kind of sucks that you live three doors from the school. Like you, you, yeah. you never had a snow day. <laughs> no, no, no. It's just a lovely. People say nostalgic is dangerous, but it's like nostalgia is fine as long as it's nice things. Bad nostalgia is like I like the good old days when you know you're thinking about the horrible, all the stuff happening in the states, especially when people are like ah the good old days of the 30s. And you're like I think that was oh, bad my. for a lot of people back yeah. then. Yeah, pretty much everyone. <laughs> but uh, okay, let's wrap this up. For another week. I'm always scared to know what the total is when you're... I'm like, how yeah. long has it, has it been? 30 or 40, 50 minutes? I don't even know. <laughs> Three hours. I'm not even going to recommend stuff anymore because I'm. my recommendation is go watch The Trip to Greece and go watch Blood Quantum. Yeah, because so, support us. Yeah, there you go. So, But do you have anything you watched um, last week that you like? Look real quickly. I mean, apart from Shogun Assassin, obviously. Yeah. God, I just kind of watched like nothing great. Like, yeah. I watched King Kong Escapes, the 1967. It was one of two Toho King Kong movies, including King Kong Godzilla. Yeah. And it was produced by Rankin Bass. What? Yeah. Weird. And so I was like, well, I got to watch that. And it, it, I'm, it's not great, unfortunately, which is why you don't hear people talking <laughs> yeah. about it. But it was like one of the rare live action Rankin and Bass forays. As another thing that makes me sad is that I just randomly, one of the Twitter feeds I like posted a picture of Mechagodzilla. And I retweeted it, and I was like, oh, it's so sad. I wish we were screening Mechagodzilla right now. There was a Mecha Kong in that movie, in, in oh, okay. King Kong yeah. Escapes. And again, not great. But that's another thing. Maybe when we're back, we'll just have a Godzilla yeah. fest. Why didn't they have uh, Mechagodzilla versus Mecha King Kong? Yeah. Yeah. That would have been the ultimate. The thing is, you know, talk about people whining about, oh, we're out of stuff to watch. I'm like, no, you're not. You're, you're never. Because I love those Godzilla movies. I've probably seen a quarter of them if I'm lucky. Yeah. You just, there's so many. And it's like Gwen and I at Fantasia Fest a couple years ago saw an Ultraman film, but a modern Ooh. one, like a 2012 Ultraman film. It was great, but modern. And you look at that and you're like, oh, they've made an Ultraman film every year for Jeez. 50 years. That's... Yeah. Like, <laughs> How's it, that possible? Because they've, since, you know, 1970 or something... They have made an Ultraman film. And same with Godzilla, almost. So it's not every year, but there's so many of these guy-in-suit movies. You're never going to run out of them. Man in suit. Yeah. People in suit. Man, I know there was one other thing that happened the day after the last podcast. And I even said, it always happens the day after the podcast. And I can't remember what it was now, so... 
I'll remember it next week. Sorry. Okay, thanks for listening, everybody. Keep in touch on social media. It's always nice to chat and know that you're still out there and that we're waiting, chomping at the bit to get back. We're all excited. Watch our movies that we have in our video store. You can find them all on our website. Links over and a portion of the money from that comes to us. Yeah. Someday you'll all be back here watching the Snyder Cut. Oh, God. That's that's what you're (laughs) Boo. Bad joke. That's a bad joke. (laughs) We'll uh, see you next week, everybody. Thanks for listening. And keep the Mayfair in your thoughts. And we'll be back soon. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. I really hope your next interview is for a French channel. Then you'll be flustered and trying to... Oh, je comprends pas. The mightiest monster of all time in his greatest adventure. King Kong escapes. Can the sinister Doctor Who enslave King Kong's fantastic strength? Can King Kong defy the might of modern artillery, tanks, missiles? See King Kong battle primordial monsters, an air armada, submarines, and finally see King Kong battle man's most evil creation, a robot Kong of steel. In the battle of the century, all new, more fantastic than ever. King Kong escapes, thrilling in Technicolor.